as Pastor Rob said, my name is Mikey P, and I'm one of the elders at Ecclesia. Uh, not been an elder for long, but yeah, it's been an interesting journey so far. So today is Resurrection Sunday, and we're glad that you're all tuned in. Um, for those that I've sent this to that would be kind of shocked to see me up here, welcome to uh, a service from Ecclesia. And as I've been thinking about my message for today and um, what I was going to preach on, what I was going to share on, and it kind of came to me that, you know, you, obviously you need to preach about the resurrection, but let's look at the resurrection from a different angle. So, the title of today's message is called, It's All About the Resurrection. And as you know, we've been going through the book of Corinthians, and I think we're up to about chapter four at the moment. So I'm not saying that we're going to zoom and miss all the other chapters out and zoom over to chapter 15, but because of Resurrection Sunday, I thought that, you know, we need to kind of look at chapter 15 and um, that's what I'm going to be preaching on today. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to be looking at verses 12 to 20. So I used to work with this brother called, his name was Leon. And every now and again, this guy would come up to me with a new conspiracy theory. I'm sure that his latest conspiracy theory would be the COVID-19 virus is because of 5G. Now, we live in an age where there is no shortage of conspiracy theories. There are some certain societies that control the world, people would say. Others believe that there was a cover-up after the 9-11 attacks. Some would even say that <clears throat> the actual moon landings were fake. But honestly speaking, the truth behind all these theories have no real impact on our daily lives. Or do they? Well, you'd be right in saying that COVID-19 has. You see, there were some in the church in Corinth and many others today who alleged that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was faked. So let's pray and get into today's message. Lord, Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your direction. As we heard from Pastor Rob, um, you know, in this difficult time, you're still doing the work, Lord. People are still, you know, getting, sorry, people are still recovering and, and, and being made well. You know, where de situations have looked desperate, Lord, you know, we recognize that it's not over until you say it is, Lord. And I just pray today, Lord, for our word. Pray that it would cause us to think in a different way, of a, in a different angle regarding the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I pray that, you know, it will be you that speaks today, Lord, that I would move out the way and it would be your message, your message to your people, Father. So I just pray that you would open our hearts and our ears to what you have to say to us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Your modern-day sceptic, scientist, finite thinker would say, a dead man coming back to life after three days. It can't happen. 
Well, if that's true, it would not only have an impact on our daily lives, but it has serious implications concerning our eternity. You see, I'm glad I don't have to be concerned about the soundness and allegation of these comments or these theories. I have no doubt whatsoever that Christ is indeed risen. The Bible tells us that the resurrection of Jesus was witnessed by Mary, Peter, John, and the rest of the apostles, and by over 500 people. Later, he appeared to the Apostle Paul. And about 15 years ago, he made his presence very real in my life. But let's rewind back to the crucifixion for a moment. It looked like Jesus was dead. It looked like this whole Jesus Christian thing was a done deal. It was dead in the water. You can only imagine that the people that watched Jesus being beaten, whipped and mocked and crucified to a cross, every person that saw the blood, that heard the screams, that felt the mourning and the fear from others watching, you can imagine that every one of them thought it was over. Jesus was killed. The purposed son of God is dead. You can imagine Satan on all of hell thinking, we did it. We got him. He's dead. It's a wrap. There will be no progressing of Christianity. We've stopped it in his tracks, in its tracks. Hell is taken over heaven and earth. We are victorious. Hope is buried away and locked in a tomb. There would have been a party going on in hell. But guess what? That party would have been premature. Why? Because it wasn't over. What looked to be over was just the beginning. The dream looked dead, but it was still very much alive. So let's fast forward for a moment. Let's see how Paul constructs a brilliant, brilliant argument as he addresses the doubts of the Corinthians regarding the resurrection. So as I said, we're going to be sharing on 1 Corinthians 15. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to look at verses 12 to 20. Twelve to twenty, First Corinthians fifteen. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then even Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We have even found to be misrepresenting God because we have testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, 
we are of all people most to be pitied. In this passage of scripture, Paul does an unusual but sorry, Paul has an unusual but profitable approach. He paints a picture of what life would be like for the Christian if there was no resurrection. I want to examine this hypothetical scenario and preach on the subject if Christ is not risen. Paul presents a devastating reality that we, we would all face if Christ had not risen. So my first point. If Christ is not risen, we have no purpose. Look at verses 12 and 13. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how come some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then even Christ has not been raised. You see, some doubted the promise that believers would be raised from the dead. Paul said, if this promise were not true, then Jesus himself did not raise from the grave. And if Christ is not risen, then everything we believe is pointless. If Christ is not risen, guess what? We have no comforter in times of trouble. If Christ is not risen, there is no promise of his return. If Christ is not risen, we have no hope of eternal life. You see, as Christians, everything that we believe hinges on the reality of the resurrection of Christ. Therefore, if he is not risen, our entire way of life is, pur is purposeless, an utter waste of time. Second point, our preaching is pointless. Look at, look at the first part of verse 14 with me. I call this 14a. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is in vain. The literal translation of the word vain means empty. You see, if Jesus is not risen, then every preacher in history has wasted their time. Those Friday nights in Leicester Square where I learnt how to preach along with a good brother called Robbie Hughes. Those Saturdays out that we spend in Lewisham twice a month preaching the gospel. Those Friday nights, those years of Friday nights in Brixton preaching among drug dealers and prostitutes out until one, two, sometimes three in the morning were a complete waste of time. Billy Graham, who brought thousands to Christ, actually the late Billy Graham, brought thousands to Christ. Sorry, brother, you wasted your time. George Whitfield, D.L. Moody, Ray Comfort. Sorry, guys. If Jesus is not risen, then every sermon you ever listened to was a lie. Every sermon that John Piper, Paul Tripp, Tim Keller, Ravi Zacharias, I could go on, would have been pointless. Let's bring it closer to home. Pastor Rob, Pastor Ephraim, Rich T, Bertram, Neil, this sermon... 
every sermon in every Bible-believing church around the world would be meaningless. If Christ is not risen, turn off the Zoom. Close down the YouTube screen. And let's go find something else to do with our Easter weekend. We may as well go and munch on some eggs. Play around with Easter Bunny. You see, without the resurrection, not only is our preaching pointless, point three, our faith is futile. The second part of verse 14, and our faith is in vain. You see, if Christ is not risen, then we are no different to the nation that worship man-made idols. Hinduism has a choice of three million gods. Buddhism, you name it. We're no different. We've made a God to suit ourselves the way they have. But what does the Bible say about these so-called gods? This verse is not going to come up. Psalm, six, Psalm 96, 5. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So apart from Christ, apart from the God of the Bible, there ain't no other God. People will say, my God is a God of love. My God would never send anyone to hell. You're right. He wouldn't because he doesn't exist. He's a figment of your imagination. You see, if Christ is not risen, then all of our praying, serving, witnessing, church attendance have all been a waste of time. If Christ is not risen, everything that you believed is a bunch of lies. So let's go back for a moment. Who is old enough to remember the Hulk Hogan? He was a superhero of wrestling. He was all, after, he, after his victories, get the crowd going. This brother went around telling kids that if they take their vitamins and say their prayers, they could be just like him. But guess what? In 1994, after a federal investigation, it turned out that the steroids were responsible for his mass size and not the vitamins. <laughs> Who remembers Millie Vanilli? I'm going back now, ain't I? Listen, these brothers had the, the look, they had the bodies, they had the hair, they had everything. They... They, 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 they made records and I think they sold about 6 million LPs. But I think they were doing a concert one day somewhere and the record that was playing in the background had a scratch on it and it started to jump. And then the crowd realised that they weren't singing at all. And then it came out that they couldn't sing. They sang none of those songs. They were just the face. They had to give back their Grammy Award. <laughs> fans were devastated especially the ladies devastated 
How much devastating would it be to learn that everything you have believed and been taught about Jesus was based on lies? If Christ is not risen, then that would be a reality. Point four. Our message is meaningless. Verse 15. Sorry, bit of a frog. We are found to be misrepresenting God. Why? Because we testified about God that he, that he raised Christ, whom he did not rise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. All who have shared the gospel message, the message of salvation, are liars if Christ is not risen. If Christ is not risen, then the gospel is fake. Do you know what I've noticed lately? Sorry, wrong bit. I don't know if you've noticed, but this is a rather devastating picture that Paul is painting. Say that again. I don't know if you've noticed, but this is a rather devastating picture that Paul is painted, painting. I would hope that as he was presenting this scenario, the people of Corinth had enough sense to consider who they were listening to. I hope they remembered all that he had given up to share the good news of the risen Christ. You see, Paul was a man of wealth, social standing, influence, great education, and yet he was willing to sacrifice all for the cause of Christ. Paul turned away from everything he loved and then devoted his life to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Question. What would you be willing to give up for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Remembering what Christ gave up for you. One thing that I've noticed is that because of COVID-19, I'm getting calls from people that I haven't spoken to for years. People ringing me to check if I'm okay. And each time it's opened a door for me to present the gospel message to them. Why? Watch the news. Thousands of people around the world are passing into eternity. COVID-19 has highlighted this. And most of them without Christ. The reality is that death can come knocking at your door at any moment. This means that a lot of people are now open to the gospel in a way that they would never have been in the past. It has highlighted the fact that we are not immortal. The reason why Paul was willing to give up everything was because he had seen the risen Christ. This was also the case for the Lord's Apostle. James was beheaded. Paul was, Peter was crucified upside down. Paul was exiled to Patmos. And all the remaining apostle, apostles gave their lives for the cause of Christ. They did this because they had witnessed his resurrection. You see, many people have given their lives for what they believe in. 
but no sane person is willing to sacrifice their love for something they know to be a lie. Sorry, sacrifice their life for something they know to be a lie. These men knew that Christ was risen. They knew it because they had seen him. The only way they could have seen him is if he had risen from the grave. There were some enemies of Christ, though, as there always is, who tried to hide the reality of the resurrection. The chief priests and the elders conspired together and offered the soldiers a large sum of money so that, the, so that they would say that the disciples came by night and stole the body while they slept. You see, if you're a Roman soldier and you're guarding someone, if that person escapes, you forfeit your life. You would lose your life. Now, if that's me, I ain't letting the person go. They're not escaping. You see, if that, were, if that had been true, James would have admitted it before he was beheaded. If someone's about to chop your head off and you know that something is a lie, are you going to keep it secret? You're going to confess. Peter, Peter would have admitted to the fact before he was crucified. The others would have admitted it before they were martyred. But they gave their lives for what they believed in because they had first-hand knowledge that it was true. If you have been born again, then you know for a fact that the resurrection is not a myth or a fairy tale. You know that it's a reality. Why? Because you have seen Christ with your faith eyes. And we have the promise that one day we will stand in his presence. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are God's children, and what we will and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. You see, we would no, have no hope of this if Christ hadn't risen. Point five. If Christ is not risen, we have no pardon. Look at verses 16 and 17 with me for a minute. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. You see, if the resurrection did not occur, then things are worse than what, we can, what we've considered so far. Paul goes on to say, if Christ isn't alive, then we are still lost in our sins. And we are bound for an eternity in hell. If Christ is not risen, then we are not saved. We cannot be justified. We are not being sanctified. And we have no hope of ever being glorified. You see, a dead saviour is no saviour at all. 
Everything that Christ did before his death would mean nothing without the resurrection. The miracles, the message, the ministry, all would be in vain without the resurrection. If Jesus suffered and died and yet did not rise, then we have no hope of an eternal pardon. Without the forgiveness of sin and the, and the promise of eternal life, we have no way of possessing true hope, true joy, victory, or real peace in this life. Let's look at verse 18. Then all those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Whoa. One of the greatest promises of being a Christian is the hope we have concerning our loved ones who have died in Christ. And that is that they are eternally secure. We are assured that one day we will be reunited with them in heaven. Think of those Christian mothers, fathers, Grands and grandfathers, brothers, sisters, cousins, maybe your children, friends. Is this really starting to hit home now? You see, if Christ is not risen, that promise is a lie. And we have no hope of a heavenly reunion, do we? Likewise, we have no hope of our own entrance into heaven. You see, there is no way to enjoy peace in this life without the assurance that we possess concerning the next life. If Christ is not risen, then we have nothing to base our assurance on. Our eternal security is not secure without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but Paul has presented an absolutely devastating scenario here. Look at verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Why should we be pitied? Because we've been telling people there is hope when there is no hope. That this, that this life is not all there is when this life is all there is. If Christ is not risen, each of us have wasted every minute of our lives that we've followed Christ for. If the resurrection of Christ is a lie, then there is no reason for us to believe anything the Bible says throw it in the bin as we saw in that video on Friday after Pastor Ephraim spoke about the crucifixion we may as well eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die go out and sin until your heart's content you see Paul has painted a very big 
bleak picture in his attempt to confront the doubts of the Christians, the, the, sorry, the Corinthians, and the doubts that we may have. The implications don't bear thinking about, do they? I can smile now. But aren't you glad that Paul's message doesn't end there? Which is why I'm smiling. Did anyone notice that I missed out verse 20? I'm certainly glad that the Jesus story doesn't end at the tomb. Everything, we see, everything we've seen in verses 12 to 19 is purely hypothetical. Hypothetical. So, verse 20. But in fact, not myth or fiction, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. It's like waking from your worst nightmare only to realise... It was just a dream. Paul tells us in this verse, Jesus is risen and he lives forevermore. Jesus promised that he would raise from the grave and that's exactly what he did. Jesus conquered death, hell and the grave. And because of his finished work, we possess the victory as well. First Corinthians 54. We're going to um, read from verses 54 to 58. First Corinthians 15, 54 to 58. When the imperishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortal. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of these things, my beloved brothers, brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Because Christ is risen, we have purpose. Because Christ is risen, we have been pardoned. Because Christ is risen, we are able to possess peace in this life and hope in the life to come. Because Christ is risen, our preaching is not pointless. Our faith is not futile. Our message is not meaningless. We can rest assured that our loved ones who have died in Christ are in his presence. We can cling to the promise of the coming heavenly reunion with those loved ones. That father, that mother, that daughter, that son, brother or sister, that friend who have died in the Lord. 
we can look forward to the day when we stand face to face with our risen, living and immortal Saviour. Because Christ is indeed risen, we too have the promise of a glorious resurrection someday. Because of his victorious resurrection, we are confident that we will dwell with him throughout eternity. You see, there is much hope and much victory as a result of the resurrection. It grieves me and it should grieve you, grieve you also that not every person possesses this hope. This hope only belongs to those who are in Christ. However, if you're listening and you do not belong to Jesus, there is still hope for you on this Resurrection Sunday. You see, it is my hope and prayer that you will confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour and repent of your sin. If you're willing to do that, you can enjoy an eternal relationship with him. Why the need for repentance? Because we have all sinned against the holy God by breaking his law. We've lied, we've stolen, we've lusted, we've coveted. We've taken his name in vain, used it as a cuss word. The reality is he knows even the faults and intents of our hearts. He knows every secret sin. Because of Jesus, you have opportunity to receive the free gift of eternal life. How do we do that? Romans 10, 9 and 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Romans 10.13, it says that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means you qualify. Jesus said, whoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. Same thing. You see, this belief is not, it belief is not just an internal <clears throat> and intellectual awareness or agreement. It means to trust in, to rely on, to cling to. You see, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from in this world, no matter what you've done, the gospel of Jesus Christ is God's love message to you. The gospel proves that Christ died for us. And all that he did, he did for you. I pray that you will finish oh, sorry I pray that you will trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. He is risen and because he lives 
we have many reasons to praise his holy name on this Resurrection Sunday. Amen? So, just some final applications, if you like. What has died in your life that needs resurrection? Your Christian walk? Your relationship with God? The relationship with your wife? Your husband? That mother? That son or daughter? That relationship with someone in church? That co-worker? That friend you fell out with years ago. Well, it's Resurrection Sunday. So why not resurrect that relationship today? Let's pray. Lord, I give you thanks. Give you all the glory. Thank you for your message, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that with all the other things coming to me this week and, and people sharing on different things that it didn't impact this message. It didn't take away from this message. It didn't get repeated again. It was something that you wanted to share with people today, Lord. Those that believe you, those that trust in you, and especially that those that don't even know you, our friends, our families, those that do not know you, we want them to have this hope that the resurrection brings. This life is not all there is. And I pray, Lord, that you would touch their hearts today, Lord. That they would open their hearts to, the, to what is to come if you die in your sins. If you die without Christ. He sent his son to save you. He said, his son, that we may have life and life abundant. And that doesn't mean flash cars and, and big houses. It means your life will be full. It might be full of drama. Mine is. But it will be full. So, Lord, I pray that you would touch each and every person today with the message of the gospel, with the message of the resurrection. The resurrection does not make sense without you. So, Lord, I give you thanks and praise. All glory goes to you, Lord, our Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.